So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. On a shucky-ducky kind of day. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. It's a pretty song. I've never heard it before. It's a new one. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, Cesar, a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, and today on Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Obamacare, the law of the land. I tell you. I'll tell you what, it's wacky. Obamacare, or or using its formal name, its formal and hilarious name, the Affordable Care Act. Anyway, <laughs> I just I just find it wacky from it. You know, remember my, my new feature, The Big Picture with Jack Armstrong? Right, really looking forward to that debut when it comes down the road. It's just wild <laughs> that one political party can, can run on an issue for nearly a decade. Successfully. Successfully, over and over again. And then when you finally get historical power that's seldom been seen in this nation of ours, you can't do anything with it. It's really amazing mm. from a political science standpoint. Yes, we'll discuss that. I don't know where length they're... and in detail. Oof, I don't know about detail. We're going to drill down. <laughs> How hold, about... hold still. How about in broad strokes briefly? Hmm, I'm drilling. <laughs> Drill, baby, drill. Uh, you know, we should study the world. Study the world. Study the world. Study it. Study it. Study it. <laughs> yeah, study the world. 
That's funny. World's going to bite you in a hiney, Michael, with that attitude. That is funny. For lack of study. So we kick off the show by introducing everybody on the squad. We're all going to study the world together. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm looking forward to Thursday at 10 a.m. I'm really curious what's going to oh, happen boy. with O.J. Simpson, but I'm getting ready. I'm... I wish I had some sort of bomb shelter, but so for when he gets out, I can you know run and hide, and I have somewhere to hide. Where is he? Um, where 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 will he be physically? He's going to still be in the jail, which is where? Uh, Arizona, Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. yeah, Nevada. That's where he's the whole, in yeah, USC. Yeah, I knew right. that. So he's in jail in Nevada. Right. Mm, so correct. if he, if he gets released, he'll walk out of jail in Clark County. Is yeah, that right? I believe so. On October one. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh, they will okay. not say, you know, you've been here long enough. Right. There's a door. Go ahead. Oh, well, that yeah. takes all the fun. There's out paperwork. Of it. That takes all the fun. out. Of I don't it. know. Yeah. Or does it uh, lead to a really probably ultimately tasteless now that I think about it? Drumbeat of anticipation as we get closer to his actual release. I'm picture. Yeah. I was picturing a remake of the TV movie where Cuba Gooding Jr. comes <laughs> walking out of there having been acquitted. Breeze the fresh air. Ah, get to go back to my old life because people love me everywhere. And uh, finding out that's not the case. Uh, but so, walks into a limo with Dennis Hoff. He goes all Lamar Odom right to the Mustang Ranch. <laughs> wow. wow, I can but see that. Guess that's not going to happen. Uh, there's Positive <laughs> Sean, our assistant executive producer, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, playing a little bit of cultural catch-up from uh, from the week off. Uh, Game of Thrones really overshadowed a lot of it, but I did not want to go further without saying I saw the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, I thought it was by far the best Spider-Man movie there there wow. is. Wow. Um, the best Spider-Man movie ever. Yes, yes. High praise, indeed. Uh, and it's actually the first Spider-Man movie that I enjoyed more than the animated series, which I watched as a youth. Uh, I just thought they, they nailed it on a bunch of different levels. Uh, I thought Michael Keaton playing the bad guy was great. Do they uh, still have that song that my kids like? Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Uh, that's good stuff. I think there's... <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I want to say there might be like a subtle like wink or like a five-second playing of it or whatever, but it's not heavily featured. Yeah. I have to play that in the car when I'm driving around because the kids love that song. Spins a web and it size catches thieves or catches... Bad somebody, guys, I think. And it catches crooks. Just like flies. Look out! <laughs> yeah. Here, Here comes, comes Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Look out! <laughs> Uh, there is Vincent, our senior executive producer. Hi, Vincent. This super healthy place opened, a uh, restaurant opened uh, near where I live, and I wanted to try it out. So I tried it out over vacation. You walk in, and right away, they got the sign of what they they, they, they feature. And th- this is actually the sign. It says, our ingredients, colon, ready for this? Soy-free, certified gluten-free, 100% whole plant-based, Certified organic, fermented ingredients, local when possible, raw probiotics, certified vegan, and non-GMO. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, wow. So they got like one plate of stuff in the back. Wow. They'll carve you off a chunk of it. Oh, it's all my we could God. Find. It checks all those boxes. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that much virtue signaling in one spot. Uh, you, feel, you feel very enlightened when you're in. When oh, you're yeah. You're there. a special breed of person if you're. It's a, a, it's a lump of really, really overcooked cauliflower. That's it. That's all there is. <laughs> what our food doesn't have flavor. <laughs> uh, they serve toast, because of course they do, which is a gluten free bun served extra toasty for $6. Whoa. Uh, they have kombucha on tap and by the jug, a huge jug for a cool $40. Um, but my favorite thing about the menu, uh, they don't have ketchup, 
mustard and mayo. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm actually quoting the menu here. I'm reading this from the menu. Quote, every ingredient matters to us at, insert name of restaurant here. That's why we don't call our condiments ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise. <sighs> so the, ke- the ketchup is called <laughs> sun-dried tomato and tamarind red. <sighs> mustard is turmeric and taro yellow. And mayonnaise is taro and kraut white. That is something. Oh my! That okay. is something. Yeah, right. That is something. Well, you know, if that's uh, that big, if that if your identity is you go to that sort of place and it makes you feel like you're better than other people, good for you. I Welcome. Guess. To you t- just make a mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> Welcome to Tiresome Tim's. What can I get you, folks? Tiresome Tim's. Would you like a little? What was it? The mayo? What they call it? Oh my god! Taro Ta- and kraut white. That is unbelievable. Oh jeez! Oh, I took my kids to McDonald's for the first time. I need to tell that story because I've been begging to go. So. How did they review their first McDonald's experience wow. later in the show? There's Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I'm doing very well. We have a celebrity business mogul's birthday today. Oh. Mr. or Sir, I believe it is now, Richard Branson, 67 years old. His, Get a haircut! His net worth, $5 billion. Ooh. He owns the Virgin Group that controls 500 different companies. And I don't know if you recall this, but Branson made his fortune by using the profits from his record stores to set up Virgin Records. In 1972, he made his first actual million with the Mike Oldfield hit Tubular Bells. Wow. Sold over 5 million copies. Otherwise known as the theme from the movie The Exorcist. Well, you have to get your start somewhere. So yes, that's 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 something else. And so now, now five billion dollars. And yep. now, as an old uh, super rich guy, like tries to fly around the world in a balloon and stuff like that. Sure, he yeah. owns a variety of islands that he'll just kind of go to. Right, right. his right. teeth right. are too white, his hair's too long. <laughs> I have a feeling old Mike Oldfield hangs out behind Richard Branson's <laughs> kitchen, hoping for a scrap of something. <laughs> hey, yeah. Mister well, Mr. Branson, your shirts have buttons on them for a reason. Why don't you fasten a couple of yeah. those up? Uh, Button listen, your shirts, yeah. listen to the t- cut oh, your hair, boy. and your teeth are too white. Listen to these guys; it's so insecure. And they you can't stand him because he's a silver fox. And you're too tan. <laughs> Way too tan. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, July 18th, year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. Let's begin at Mark. And I can tell you, we hope John McCain gets better very soon because we miss him. He's a crusty voice in Washington. Plus, we need his vote. There you go. Chris, yeah. that was earlier in the day. <laughs> Listen to the crowd murmur. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> it sounded like he was going to come. It seemed like you could still possibly get enough votes. That sense has fallen completely apart. So what are other headlines, Marshall? Well, repeal now, replace later. Trump leading a new charge against Obamacare. We've got resignation and impeachment talks swirling around Seattle's mayor weighed down by sex abuse allegations. Just because he's a boy rapist? Wow, that seems like an overreaction. And Michael Vick weighs in with job advice for Colin Kaepernick. Get a haircut. Coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. Wow. Wow. Lose the flow. That's interesting. What's, uh, how's mailbag look? It's good. You realize healthcare fell completely apart? Any any change in healthcare? So the system yes. that is not working is going to continue. Yeah, the the three-legged unicorn that is Obamacare. It can't possibly continue. Will continue. So uh, I don't know. They got a lot to talk about. I hope you can stay here. Man! 
Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So as one of your, uh, you know, your modern young come up with an idea, become a, a gazillionaire overnight sort of people. Yes, I hate them. Um, and I can't find it. He he came up with a website. Uh, do, do you know Vincent? It's it 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 got all these news like newspaper articles, magazine articles are all in one spot. Um, the was more, the guy the internet? Drew Curtis. <laughs> it might be. What's the name? Fark. Of no, not Fark. <clears throat> anyway. It's hugely successful. Currently uh, bringing in $50 million a year. I was going to start using it on a regular basis. It sounds perfect for me. Books, magazines. The idea is you have one subscription you pay, and then you have access to all this stuff. Love that idea. As opposed to having a whole bunch of different subscriptions for your magazines and your books and all that different stuff. Anyway, he was talking about uh, getting the startup money. He and he went to Harvard and his business guy, and he's trying to come up with an idea, and him and some friends and that sort of stuff. They came up with the idea for uh, the, the something like Uber. But he said they were too early. They had the same idea, but they had it before smartphones were prevalent. And smartphones <sighs> were a key to Uber taking off. The, sure. the idea and smartphones had to come together. He said there's way more venture venture capital out there than there are good ideas. Uh, he said if you have good ideas. Trip Adler, yep, the guy. Who- uh, which uh, I, had, I realized I had tried a long time ago and didn't like, but it's changed a lot since mm. then. Anyway, he said there's way more money out there than there are good ideas. If you have a good idea. If you have a good idea. Well, that ends it. There's all kinds of super wealthy people just walking around looking for these ideas to throw money at. I think I'll have a slice of pie. That's my typical idea. <laughs> so I, the, all, so now all I spend all my time trying to think of a good idea. It's hot. It's really hot. That's another one of my ideas. Put an ice cube under your armpits. Now, is there anybody <laughs> that wants to give me money for that? <laughs> All right. I'll have, you know, it's funny. I had tried uh, Scribd back in the day, too. I'll have to try it again. But aside from Scribd's success, I just thought it was interesting. There's way, I wouldn't have guessed that, but there's way more money than there are good ideas. Did you say that? I didn't follow that at all. <laughs> so I need to come up with an idea. Yes, that is clearly what needs to happen. Let's think for a minute. Your neck valve. My neck valve is a good idea. That's a great idea. You get all the enjoyment of chewing and tasting food and swallowing it, but you've thrown a valve so it goes into a bag and not into your stomach to make you fat. I took a step that direction yesterday. I, I, I you, You're not purging now, are you? I ate some of a donut and then spit it out instead, oh, of, oh, instead oh, of swallowing boy. it. You're like wine tasting, but with donuts. <laughs> That's great. Wow, a donut tasting bar. Oh, the consistent, mmm, cakey yet light. <laughs> <laughs> You spit it into a bucket, a donut bucket. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's, vi- your, there's your idea. Any venture capitalists want to jump on <laughs> my chain of uh, donut vomitoriums? We're- I don't think that's what I'll call them. <laughs> We're prepared to offer $60 million in backing to your donut vomitorium idea. Well, it's like watching Shark Tank up in here. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Now, would you be offering some... I'm going to play Mark Cuban. Can I play Mark Cuban? Would you be... Uh, would you have some sort of, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, what do you call it? Like kids wear the bib. bib. Would you offer some sort of bib to people probably. as they're up chucking their donut? <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. We would. Probably for the women, the men, different designs. You could uh, Perhaps a, an amusing slogan. 
I went to the donut vomitorium and all I got was this lousy bib. That's a great idea. I think you got and innovative. I think there has to be an internet presence to your idea to really get the venture capitalism uh, money flowing your way. So. A live cam. A, li- yeah, a live cam or smartphone tie-in. Yeah, I don't know how you'd tie that in. Mm-hmm. Vomityourdonut.net something. Mm. <laughs> Mailbag. Mm. So we were talking yesterday about uh, people walking around staring at their smartphones. Jack was attempting to make the point that not everybody who's staring at their smartphone is playing Candy Crush or looking at naked pictures or something like that. You might be reading great literature, catching up on the news of the day. Comes this note from Ken. I wonder if those cow brain folks who spend each day staring at their phone screens ever think, wow, look at those intellectual types always worrying about things happening all over the globe that almost never directly affect our lives here. I wonder how they can live like that. Yeah, well, right. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. I, 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 you know what it did? The only it, problem with it is how true it is. It, yeah, it stood things on its head right there. <laughs> is that what it did? Speaking of standing things on their head, it's as if we planned that. Jack's tale yesterday about going to the convenience store. Dudes turning their bikes upside down when they went in. Whiskey tango fellas way past the age of riding their junky bikes. Jack, you asked him, why do you turn your bike upside down? His answer was, I don't know. <laughs> Luther, frequent correspondent Luther writes, hi, Jack. Was the upside down bike green? We have a creepy guy who does that here in Fort Bragg. He's old and goes around in a wife beater undershirt daily. Looks like a fool. Is. boy. So we talked about the fact that one of the most common uh, gambits, areas of small talk in America, is considered very, very rude in a lot of the world. And that's what do you do for a living? How dare you ask me that? Yeah, wow, you are so rude in a lot of the parts of the world. And, And we speculated about why that might be and... Uh, is it lack of valuing of work in all these socialist societies? Could be. I don't know. That's my theory. The The idea that everybody should be made equal by the miseries of socialism. Shared misery, it's been <laughs> described as. Need to talk about Venezuela later. The breadbasket of South America, one of your top oil-producing countries on Earth, has been turned into a basket case by socialism. Anyway, um... Uh, the fabulous uh, Joe from Dayton, Ohio, we already have a national show, writes, thanks for sharing the what's your occupation question. I was very disappointed in the further sissification of America. As a youth of the 70s, kids asked what their parents did. Sometimes it was awkward when one kid's dad was a corporate big, bigwig and the other's a laborer, but it didn't impact the friendship. Uh, sucking at any competition garnered much more ridicule. A couple hundred years ago, I get the impression it was a role reversal, being that if you didn't labor, you're lightweight. He 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 quotes Joseph Plum Martin's 1830 memoir, Adventures of a Revolutionary War Soldier. <laughs> a day hardly goes by, I don't quote Plum's 1830 memoir. Boy, that has my attention. That sounds yeah. really interesting. He said this about his dad, and I quote, When my father arrived at puberty, he found his constitution too feeble to endure manual labor. He therefore directed his views to gaining a livelihood by some other means. Hmm. So it was only the weaklings, the linguini-armed among us, who would you know, become a shopkeeper or something like that, which is kind of odd. Times have certainly changed when hard work was honorable to now you can't even talk about jobs. Sad! Well, you can do hard work without Sad. doing any hard physical work. Yeah, true enough. Um, uh, but yeah, that is, that, is, that is an interesting thing right there. Yeah, the, the, one of the points of that article 
that it's a rude question all around the world to ask people what they do, but hasn't been an American. And it's actually said in the article, finally, that is changing. Like, thank God mm. we're going to stop valuing or putting any emphasis on what you do for a living. Right. Which Ohio Joe is right. It is the wussification of America. The, 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 God, the forced equality, the hardworking, the clever, the innovative, the smart, they should have exactly the same stuff as the indigent, the lazy, the stupid, the the criminal. Everybody should have the same. Oh, my God. I, I can't stand it. You want innovative Jack's Donut Vomitorium. That's innovative. Yeah, well, it's certainly not an idea a lot of people have floated. I think the containers should be opaque. Nobody wants to see your leavings. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. More genius. No, you have to pay extra for the opaque container. <laughs> That's where the profit comes in. Uh, this I'd, is... I'd pay extra for the person sitting next to me to have an opaque container. That's <laughs> also an option. My own is fine. It's just... <laughs> I don't give a damn about mine. Give me a glass one. I don't care. Uh, this is what it was like to hang out with Elon Musk in the early days, I've got to imagine. Uh, and uh, Joe had one more thought he wanted to, to throw out. Excuse me, I must cough. Thank you. Uh, Senator McCain, being a wartime veteran with disabilities, do you think he used the VA system to get the blood clot behind his eye removed? One of his homes is in Phoenix. There's a wonderful VA hospital in that town. It would surely show other vets his confidence in the system that uh, he and his staff have worked tirelessly to repair if he used it. Yes, scathing sarcasm intended. That is an argument uh, a lot of people have made, is that people in Congress should have to use the health care systems that they, uh, they invent. Yeah, legislate as opposed to getting their own special deal. Oh, yeah, I agree completely. Uh, We have a couple of thoughts on the whole Trump collusion thing. I'll summarize them briefly. Uh, Jack read a text yesterday that said, finally, you're on our side or something to that effect. And Jack replied, I don't think I am, assuming the texture to be a big time anti-Trump person. It's hard to get across the idea that Donald Trump is quite likely a bad person to be president without sounding like a partisan or somebody has an irrational dislike of him. What's already been apparent to many people is that Trump is exactly the type of person who would do what he's been accused of. You can tell because he says so. (laughs) On multiple occasions, he's proffered the explanation that anyone would do it and there's nothing wrong wrong with it he said that uh, when flynn was caught talking to russians about u.s sanctions before he took office he nominally denied telling flynn to do so but says he would have done so and that flynn did nothing long wrong there are a million other examples spanning various issues etc etc the recent drama with trump jr gives us a fairly new and specific example of this ethical deficit within the president's most inner circle then you have megan who points out uh, I think you're wrong on the little Trump situation. Little Trump. That's how she refers to Donald Jr. That's pretty funny. That's pretty good, Megan. Uh, purely because Alan Dershowitz says so. He helped get O.J. off, so everything he says must be true. He's America's lawyer. Well, that's the uh, people get sucked into the, he didn't commit a crime. I don't care if he didn't commit a crime. He shouldn't be meeting with the uh, enemies of this uh, nation and their governments to try to win elections. The I don't care if it's a crime or not. Yes. Yes. By the way, do you see Chris Christie came out yesterday and said, I think it is a crime? Chris Christie. Yeah, I heard that. Well, he's just butt hurt because he didn't get a cabinet do gig. Do you know why he didn't get a cabinet gig? That story broke yesterday. Because he wouldn't fit in the cabinet? <laughs> Pow! <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Zazzo! Zazzo! Come on! Zazzo! What? There you go. Thanks, folks. Took you out of the camera. There's a funny story from election night on why Chris Christie didn't get a job and ah, Trump is butthurt over something that happened. Really? And it's a pretty funny event. God, between the two of them, what a couple of sissies. <laughs> All right, I'll stay tuned for that. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Zazzo! <laughs> 
Marshall. Trying to wake up the crowd. <laughs> Tough crowd tonight. <laughs> ah. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This text from one of our listeners in beautiful Reno. OJ is in jail in Lovelock, Nevada, a mud hole 120 miles east of Reno. Yes. I don't think that is uh, something you should say. <laughs> That's for not our, from the Chamber of Commerce. For our Lovelock listeners. Yes, and no offense intended, folks. Lovely this time of year in Lovelock. But uh, that's where O.J. is. Yeah. And we'll uh, have the biggest show on Thursday. Uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the Senate Republicans' plan to repeal and replace Obamacare is dead. So now they're going to just try to repeal the law. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell saying the Senate will vote on a full Obamacare repeal plan in the coming days. This after a couple more Republican senators dealt a fatal blow to the replacement bill by refusing to support it. Now, they're the couple that came forward. All the reporting is there are at least a dozen to 15 other people that didn't support it. So it wasn't even close. Donald Trump quick to weigh in on all this this morning. Official President Trump tweet reader Vincent Nicholas with the play-by-play. He's tweeted four times as the top three. First one. We were let down by all of the Democrats and a few Republicans. Most Republicans were loyal, terrific, and worked really hard. We will return! Next one. With only a very small majority, the Republicans in the House and Senate need more victories next year since Dems totally obstruct. No votes! And finally... Well, I don't know if that one works. You you have enough... uh, You have enough of a majority. You have a majority in both houses that you could get something passed and a president who would sign it, but you, you can't come to an agreement on something. Go ahead, Vince. Addresses that in the last one. All uh, right. Quote, the Senate must go to a 51-vote majority instead of current 60 votes. Even parts of full repeal need 60. Eight Dems control Senate. Crazy! <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I need to jump in. Uh, Crazy! And, and defend the Republicans in, in a weird way. The idea of a giant federal health care insurance scheme is so abhorrent to a large group of Republicans, you're just never going to get them unless you weaken it to the point that the moderates, who are, who are Republicans in name only, like Susan Collins of Maine, who sounds just like she needs a, a couple of guide dogs and a handler. But anyway, you're just you're not going to get agreement on a giant federal health care scheme from those two ends of the spectrum ever, 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 because pleasing one outrages the other. So, well, well, if you if you have two wings of a group of people, you have, in a sense, two groups then on the issue that got you elected. So right. you're not a, a, re- a Republican Party. You're a couple of different Republican parties then. Oh, clearly on this issue. Absolutely true. I'd go with Rand Paul's plan. That's what I say. The Randy man. He's going to be like uh, Henry Fonda in 12 Angry Men. Was that Henry Fonda or Gregory Beck? Nobody knows. Anyway, (laughs) he was the one holdout on the jury. It was 11 to 1 to convict. And he wouldn't do it. And he argued and he pointed out and he showed him the evidence and put them one by one by one. Finally, they acquitted an innocent man. That's going to be Rand Paul. It starts with him soon. Two, three more senators. Then more after that, and more after that, and before you know it, he has 12 votes, and it's not nearly enough. Good luck with that. But I'd like to dream the dream. One member of the Seattle City Council calling for Mayor Ed Murray now to step down. Finally, finally. 
Lorena Gonzalez among those calling for Murray to resign after decades-old allegations of him sexually abusing his foster son have surfaced. In a statement he put out yesterday, Murray says he's got no intention of quitting, citing allegations as false. Yeah, we're about at the point where you could field a basketball team with the young men who say, yeah, Ed Murray took me in and quote-unquote was was uh, counseling me and mentoring me. And then he mentored my pants right off. There are a bunch of guys out there now. All of them troubled youths who old Ed Murray worked with. Michael Vick's got some advice for Colin Kaepernick. If he wants another shot in the NFL, he should get a haircut. During an appearance on Fox Sports, Vick said the former San Francisco 49ers QB needs to shed his afro. The first thing we got to get Colin to do is cut his hair. You know, I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm not up here to try to be politically correct, but oh, really? Know, even if he puts cornrows in it, I, I don't think he should represent himself, you know, in that way in terms of, you know, just the hairstyle. Just go clean cut. Yeah, I uh, I think the response to that is pretty obvious. Hey, how about I'll wear my hair however I want, and you stop hanging dogs from trees to kill them? <laughs> how about we make that deal? Uh, how about that's we... how I would respond if I were Colin Kaepernick. How about we never ask Michael Vick anything about anybody? That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. You don't like my haircut. I don't like you torturing dogs to death. I guess we just will have to agree to disagree. Old uh, C-Cap, I know a lot of you hate him for this, but, you know, he said they took a knee in the national anthem. He thinks there's too much police brutality. All right, so people are mad at him. You hung dogs from trees, so people are mad at you. I'm not sure asking Michael Vick about his comeback is an appropriate thing. At least the freaking Kaepernick, who I think has about as much sense as the giant tortoise that he famously keeps as a pet. <laughs> at least, at least he's, he's trying to do what he thinks is right. Mm. It's not torturing dogs. So, matter uh, with this? Swear to God, some days. <laughs> so why did Chris Christie not get a uh, cabinet gig? That's pretty good. Why there are no donkeys left in China? <laughs> Ah, question's been on a lot of our minds. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. My kid's first trip to McDonald's. Their youngest was begging to go. Wow. Really wanted to check it out. Wow. Had the marketing reached him? I don't know. Stay here. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Today is also the day on which we figure out what the hell happened on Game of Thrones last night. Did you watch the season premiere? A record number of people. More than 16 million people watched. I was one of them. I never thought I'd be excited to see someone empty a bedpan, but I was. I loved it. Even though I was confused, as I always am, I had to have my son Kevin explain uh, a lot of it to me. It's like, it's like an adult version of summer school for me. Who's the guy who sailed in on the black ship and proposed to Cersei? That was Euron Greyjoy. He's Theon's uncle. Okay, who's the prince that met with the enemy to try to bring down the queen who was threatening his father? Uh, that was Donald Trump Jr. I think you have a very confusing. And you see what he did there? He tied in a couple of different things. It infects every conversation. Including Chris Christie yesterday, who was having a press conference about something and was asked about uh, Donald Trump Jr. meeting with the Russians. And Chris Christie said it's probably against the law to get opposition research for his father's presidential campaign. Um, but we don't know that they got anything. But from if they a, did, from it would a be foreign against, hostile power. It would be yeah. against the law. 
So, um, uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting, and I thought, well, does Christie believe that, or is he still butthurt over the fact that he didn't get a job in the Trump administration after being quite obsequious post-running um, for president? Well, he traded all of his dignity for a gig and then didn't get one. And I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Well, we now, oh, know, we now know why. Huh? This story just came out yesterday. It's pretty interesting. Christie's ultimate mistake with Trump that cost him a White House gig. Christie made his ultimate mistake when he bragged about talking to President Obama on election night and offered to let Trump use Christie's cell phone to talk to Obama. Now, it says in this report that Trump a germaphobe. I don't think that has anything to do with it. It could, but I don't think that's what's going on here. I I see this as a a urinating match, and I, I agree with Trump on this one, I think. So they're in the hotel suite or wherever they are on election night. Um, as results come in, and it's being more uh, becoming more obvious that Trump is going to be uh, the president. Christie says uh, Christie was on the phone with Obama for some reason on his own personal cell phone. Mm-hmm. He said, "If you win, he's going to call my phone, and I'll pass it over to you." Christie said, "A visibly angry Trump snapped at him. Hey, Chris, you know my effing phone number. Just give it to the president. I don't want your effing phone." Wow, and, how uh, interesting! And that was the that was the split of a. Wow, so Christie tried to make himself the conduit. Yeah. Make himself the broker. Yeah, exactly. Allegedly. Like, I'm the power. I'm I'm so close with the current president and the new president. I'll right. be the bringing you together. Yeah. Hey, how about you give him my, you know my number. He'll call me. I'm the freaking president. Yeah, wow. I'm, I think that was a pretty uncool move by Chris Christie. If to that's try to, true, that's really weird. That's a pretty jerk way to in, try to in, put yourself into that right. moment. Yeah, how about he just calls me? I'll have him call me, then I'll give you my phone. Oh, thanks. What? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Wow, if that's true, that's a really odd maneuver by the big man. No, nah, I don't think so. I think he no? revealed his personality a number of times over the years. He's a he's a petty, he's a small, large man. Well, uh, offering the phone up was petty? Oh, uh, that, that's... Just... Uh, yeah. So there you go. Wow. That's what happened. And Trump, Floundered. who gets, you know, uh, holds a grudge, as uh, I think we've all... So, to realize. so it would seem. Uh, that that was that. You're not wow. going to be anything ever again. Wow. Now. God, I love pettiness. Here's <laughs> one of my favorite things on the in planet. In others. I don't like it in myself. No, no I don't want it in my friends. I don't want to necessarily associate with it, but I no, love looking no. at it through the glass. Whenever I do it, it always makes me feel worse, and it's a bad idea. But in so others, no. it's certainly fun to observe. Well, all the fun with none of the shame. <laughs> uh, so th- that had to factor. That was election night. Right. Now, all those... And so then Trump when, when throws was, his name out there for all these various things. Oh, my Has him God. come to meet him a couple of times. You're going to walk to my office. You're going to sit there. You're going to meet with me. And then I'm going to just say, nah. Wow, that's some extra cruelty. <laughs> now, all those humiliating scenes where, where Christie was standing behind him awkwardly with his face hanging out or or, or standing on the side of the stage. Yoop, yoop, yoop. Well, uh, Trump gave the speeches. Was that after election night I or before? I think that was post-election night. That was post. Yeah, but he was trying to, you know. Well, right. That's what I'm saying, because I'm trying to, oh, oh. Because everybody talked about how weird and humiliating yep. that was. Oh. That's what he was doing. He was punishing him <laughs> yeah. for that, 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 that stepping out of line. Absolutely. Daring. Daring to try to put himself above Trump, even for a moment. So I don't want to talk about health care, but here's the deal, ladies and germs. Um, it, it's, it, it actually has an effect on my life. Unlike the previous conversation, for instance, that I find funny, but has no effect on my life. The health care thing, 
actually has an effect on my life. I have a pre-existing condition. I have little kids. You got older kids that can stay on if they continue to do this, but not if they don't. Right. I mean, just, this actually, actually affects me. Yeah. So we're going to talk to somebody about that coming up. And virtually everybody. Uh, oh, yeah. Listens. Of course it does. Oh, I mean, the skyrocketing premiums, et cetera, like the, the giant deductibles everybody has. You know, Rand Paul brought up something the, the other day. The good and the bad, of course. And I thought, why aren't there more Democrats getting together with Republicans on this anti-insurance company issue mm-hmm. where they're making these unbelievable profits and 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 I'm not anti-profit but as Rand Paul pointed out he said my family and I he said we have to fight every bill every single thing we ever do when we go to the doctor the insurance company says we're not going to pay for that right. until we fight them on the phone about it Every single thing. My wife and I are dealing that right now. Something as routine as routine could be. I mean, if it's not covered by your health insurance, there's no point in having health insurance. Right. That sort of thing. Yeah. And they claim they're not going to cover it. And so you got to call somebody and you got to fight them. And then you got to let it go to like 90 days and hope it doesn't end up in your credit and see well, if they give in and that whole ridiculous dance. Add to that the fact that Rand Paul was talking about yesterday when we played his, uh, his speech on the show. In which he was saying the insurance companies are making ginormous profits in the group market. Find it. And then in the individual market where they're losing money, they're turning out their pockets and demanding a bailout from the taxpayers. And so, but, but the reason why the Democrats aren't joining with Republicans is obvious. It's because they're all on the take. The insurance companies spread about, around a vast amount of yeah, money. Which is smart. Both parties. That is pretty smart. Find it. So we'll Find learn it. a little more about where things are coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.